Welcome to Nurturing Bright Futures, the higher education podcast for teachers and advisors, brought to you by UEA. Each month, we provide the latest information you need to guide your students through their journey to university, plus hints and tips to help support you in your work. We know you're busy, so we keep each episode to around 20 minutes, just long enough for a cup of coffee. So, pop the kettle on and let's get started. Hello listeners and welcome back. This is the University of East Anglia's podcast for teachers and advisors. Today I'm really lucky to be joined by our guest Simon Rose, who is a lecturer in paramedic science here at UEA. So Simon, thanks for so much for coming along to the podcast. We're really excited to learn a little bit more about paramedic sciences. But first, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and share a little bit more about your work at UEA and perhaps a bit about your career journey into your role at the moment? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, So yeah, uh, hello everyone. My name's Simon Rose. Uh, I am one of the lecturers on the Paramedic Science Programme here at the UEA. I mainly teach in the third year and I'm the third year lead for the course. Um, my kind of taking it back, my career into paramedicine um, really started quite a few years ago. I, I left school, I did a sports science degree originally, but I'd got to the stage where I wanted a, a, what I would say is more of a career to, to look forward to ahead of me. And paramedic science is something that had always stuck in my mind as something like a really rewarding job to have and actually to enjoy what you do. So I actually applied via the ambulance service to start as a student paramedic. Um, I trained on the job for a long period of time and then towards the end of my training they sent me to the UEA because at the time we had a diploma program here that I uh, I completed and then uh, became qualified as a paramedic and then uh, a few years later funny enough I was lucky enough to come back in a part-time basis as a lecturer here and then I oversaw and ran the program that I actually had undertaken so that was quite a unique experience to be a student on the program to then later become the course director of that program as well. Cool that does sound like a fantastic career arc for you so thanks for sharing a little bit about that. So here at UEA we do have a very popular paramedic science program And one thing about the kind of paramedic science courses and other allied healthcare courses at university that I'm sure our listeners will already be aware of is that the application process to apply to these courses can often have some additional requirements for applicants. So Simon, can you just get us started by kind of outlining what can students expect from the application process to a paramedic science course and what types of things are admissions tutors going to be looking for on a standout paramedic science application? Yeah, I think so. The the key kind of word actually in paramedic science is not necessarily the paramedic, but it's the science. So in the, in the foundations of, of what we do here, we need a really good science basis. It's not enough just to know how to treat someone. We need to know how to treat them as actually what is working on a scientific level in the body. So anyone who is undertaking science-based courses is always obviously, um, you know, going to do particularly well in the first year where we, we have a lot of um, anatomy and physiology and pathophysiology to cover. So so if you when you're looking at choices and if you're advising students then the kind of biology and the science subjects are really standout ones 
Um, obviously, we accept a variety of different courses onto the program, so uh, T-levels, B-techs, um, access courses, but that what we kind of look for in all the courses is a really strong core science element because we find those are the students who generally seem to thrive on the course because they've got such a good understanding of the science behind it. Um, and then anything additional to that, really, if you're looking to stand out, is can you gain the experience in areas that can help transition? So it doesn't have to be in healthcare, but can you show you know what transferable skills you've got from your experience? So I think them two elements is when I'm looking at interviewing and obviously different applicants are there, the things I'm looking for. Can we match up the academic and the, the kind of core fundamental ability related to science? Um, and then, you know, is there any skills that they can bring to the table that will help them in their career as a paramedic? Great, thank you. That was a fantastic answer, super comprehensive. So you actually did just mention work experience in your answer, and I kind of want to just delve into that a bit deeper for our listeners. So do you have any recommendations for teachers and advisors about what types of experiences could really benefit an application to paramedic science and where can young people find these opportunities? Yeah, I think we've had to adjust over the years because obviously during COVID, it just really limited the the possibility for people, like younger people and, or anyone who wants to apply to go get that exposure. So where we would normally see people going to volunteer in hospitals and that, that, that obviously all stopped. And so we've had to look at how, how we kind of look at this. And for me, is if, if they can get a health-related experience, so whether that be in a care home or if they want something more paramedic-related, maybe something like St. John's on a voluntary basis, um, anything dealing with people really because fundamentally what paramedics do is we deal with people of all walks of life there's no um, there's no age parameters for us we could go from literally um, the you know birth to 110 or whoever the oldest person alive is in the UK so we any any time you can gain exposure to you know the different ways of communicating with different patient groups you, and you can take that from anything from a, a volunteer role in healthcare to actually working at your local coffee shop on a Saturday because actually the type of people you'll get through the door, you might have to change your communication approach to to fit that. So I think what we're looking for is that, that over this experience, whatever that may be, that they've picked up these key skills that we can then use and optimise on our course. Um, and I think that will always put people at a, a slight advantage when starting because what what is harder is when we're trying to teach the science if, if people kind of lack some of the core kind of um, basic skills like communication skills to then enhance both at the same time so that that's what I don't think you know an area isn't necessarily the focus is actually what skills they've learned from that different role or area they've worked in Thanks. I think that was a really helpful answer and hopefully that will really reassure our listeners that there is a real range of work experience opportunities that young people can seek that really help them to upskill them with those transferable skills, even if it's not always kind of directly related to um, healthcare experience. So we're just going to move on from the application process now and focus a bit more on the actual content of the course at university. We know that placements are really instrumental in the teaching and learning on paramedic science courses. Would you mind just explaining a bit more about how the placements actually work on the paramedic science course at UEA? How are they organised and managed? And what is the kind of like distribution of teaching and learning hours to kind of academic classroom content on the programme? And what does that look like? 
Yeah, so um, so it's a three-year BSc program we have at the UVA now. So within the first year, you generally start kind of middle of September. We would then um, basically give you the underpinning skills with the theory in the first kind of term at the UVA. So we would. Um, give you a lot of theory, a lot, laying the strong foundation for you to then go in placement. What we don't want is obviously the first week you start, you know, you get thrown into placement, you're not prepared. So that first chunk of time up until about Christmas time is um, is where we'll give you the underpinning skills that you need to thrive in placement. Um, you'll then go in your first year, you'll go on a taster placement. So that's to really just get you a couple of shifts and be a bit like a fly on the wall, get you to see what the environment is like and, and actually go out with a, an ambulance crew, uh, what we call on a, a double staff vehicle, which we call a DSA, and and get to really get a sense of what the role is about. And at that stage, th there's no requirement for the students to do anything because they're literally like taster shifts. Um, and then you'll start your first main block of placement uh, normally in the January. So that's normally uh, five or six weeks, um, and then that is your chance to fully immerse in that placement environment. So there's a couple of different thought processes with that. Some universities do where you may have like two days of teaching, a couple of days of placement, and a couple of days off. Um, there's pros and cons to that. It's good, obviously, they have regular contact time, but you, you can never really fully immerse yourself in that work environment if you're only there like one or two days a week compared to the full-time aspect. So we've chosen to block ours into week-long periods periods and so that's why we have multiple weeks at one time and that really allows students to get a sense of what the the job is like but also to start kind of building relationships with their mentors and, and the people they're working with so the expectation in terms of placements of our student is that they'll be um, allocated a placement for that year so for example if you were starting on year one you could be allocated west norfolk and so for that year that'll be your kind of your placement hub and year two would then look to rotate you so you get to experience a different work environment and a different kind of patient group so you then might rotate to waveney on the east coast and in your third year you would rotate round into central so you'd experience everything uh, you know across each um kind of geographical area there and and that is to really get you used to working in different environments seeing different people um, and also experience different mentors as well which is really important so on placement you'll be allocated a, a paramedic who will be your mentor for that time we call them practice educators um, and that's really important to to help you build your skills in that in that clinical environment obviously we'll give you the theory and we allow you safe practical spaces to practice that you know what the assessments or the skills that we teach you but only that you need to do it in the in the real world setting so and that's where the practice education um your paramedics will will support you to do that um, and in addition to ambulance placement we also have what we call non-ambulance placements so that might be that you would go to work in a gp surgery because we're seeing paramedics work more and more in a variety of places across the nhs um, we also have uh, things like hospital placements, so in the emergency department, in maternity units, um, a variety of settings to really get you exposure to different healthcare professions, but also showcase some of the roles that paramedics may uh, end up in eventually. Um, and then in the third year, we also have an elective placement, which is the student's opportunity to input into where they want to go. So for example, if you had a specialist interest in urgent care, for example, we have teams across uh, Norfolk that will can you, you can go on your elective placement with and work with them. But further afield, we've also had students to go to internationally. So we've got students going to New Zealand, uh, Canada, uh, Ghana and Botswana and different areas where they can go and experience a, a you know, put their practice into a different environment altogether. Um, so that's in the third year is the elective placement. That's one that kind of gives you a real insight and allows 
for the students to actually input onto their placement rather than obviously being told where they'll go. So that's quite a valuable experience for them. Great, thanks for that. So for my last two questions, I want to kind of move on and address some of the main concerns that I encounter when students and their families are inquiring about paramedic science and studying it. Perhaps like the main concern that I feel like prospective students have is about the work-life balance on healthcare courses, um, particularly because of the really high placement hours. Students are often quite concerned that when you study a programme like paramedic science, uh, it can be hard to have like a normal university experience or lifestyle. So I just thought, um, what are your opinions on this? And what is your experience of this for the students you teach? Yeah, it's a really good point, actually. I think so. One thing I'm really keen um, to, or really passionate to be, is a really transparent with respect to students. So, the paramedic science degree here is is not the easiest degree. It's um, it's challenging. Obviously, you can imagine some of the things that students may come across um, in placement, but also the the kind of academic side of it is. You know, we have quite full weeks. It's in comparison to maybe other degrees where the contact time is is not minimal, but lesser so than what the, we ask for with the paramedics. So. I completely you know understand when people say the university experience may be so different um but as a university obviously we support all students so on a wednesday afternoon obviously the, the same as any other um degree they have blocked out time for whether it be societies or recreation um and so it's protected time there um but th there will be times on placement for example that students are doing shift work and anyone who's done shift work before will know it can be hard so um if you kind of picture trying to work night shifts for example well maybe trying to embody in the full university experience can be a challenge. Um, but people seem, still seem to thrive with it. I think the key for me and any advice I would give any, any potential student is to, you know, to organise their time because obviously the time you become overwhelmed is normally when it's not, um, it's not kind of managed uh, or you've not been able to keep on top of your, your workload responsibility. Um, and that's even harder when you're doing shift work as well. So they very much our students still have a you know, good university experience, but it's, it's not the, probably the, the same as other degrees. But I think we have to recognise that this is a, a professional course. And actually what we're preparing them for is actually life as a, a paramedic, which obviously involves shift work and dealing with challenging experiences. And so it's really our, our job at the university to prepare them for when they leave the university in three years time is to make them the best paramedics they can be and only prepared for that life as a paramedic. I just want to ask a quick follow-up question to this one about the costs involved in studying a healthcare course, particularly if students are not able to get a part-time job to help them with their finances at university because they have a really busy timetable and with placement hours. I've heard about the NHS Learning Support Fund, which is like a pot of additional money, a grant to help students with additional costs on healthcare courses. Are you able to sp speak a little bit more about this in the context of paramedic science and if those students can receive this funding? Yeah, so the NHS Learn Support Fund, um, so paramedics actually were never originally intended to receive this fund. It was actually a few years ago, one of our UEA students campaigned for it and now paramedic science students do receive it. So that's, um, 
it's brilliant that they now receive it because actually they they were some of the kind of most unfortunate students to, to not receive it because they were being exposed to the same as like the nursing students so having the same cost implications so i'm really pleased to say that yes um, all the paramedic science students are eligible for it um, and actually uh, very recently they've just increased the allowances for what people can claim um, for support as well so they can actually claim up to 80 over 80 pound a night now i think it's maybe 88 or 85 pound a night um, where previously it was only 55 pound a night which obviously you can imagine limits some of the places you you could claim for so there's a variety of support out there and so what we generally do is that the students will pay for our front and they get reimbursed they basically just do a timesheet and then the university will reimburse them um, and that's the same for mileage as well so obviously we recognize that with placement it could be very very challenging um, without uh, without transport so that yeah there's definitely there's support out there what i think with the current kind of cost of living situation at the minute we are seeing more and more students taking up small part-time jobs but the learn support fund is a kind of great bridge for those who obviously have additional costs to their degree where maybe if you weren't having placements part of your degree you you wouldn't be seeing these costs like travel and accommodation so there is definitely be reassured there is support out there amazing that's really good to know and really cool actually that that was kind of campaigned for by a UEA student I didn't know that if any listeners do want to find out a bit more about that that was the NHS learning support fund we were just speaking about and you can search that on Google and find out a little bit more about whether your students are able to make an application um, to receive that additional funding when they're at university so for my last question Simon I was going to ask about another kind of concern I hear from students so Often I get students who are really interested in the idea of studying paramedic science. Maybe they really enjoy their science at A-level and they're really kind of intrigued by it. But they perhaps might be undecided if like in the long run being a paramedic is the right career for them. I think it's particularly hard for students who are considering quite a vocational degree when you're actually choosing at such a young age and you might have quite limited work experience like we've already spoken about to actually structure and inform this choice. In particular, I speak to lots of students who do have concerns about how challenging, obviously, this role can be and the demands of working as a healthcare professional. So I just kind of want to ask, like, what would you advise these students who are really excited by the idea of studying paramedic science at university, but have more concerns generally about the demands of the role and whether it's the right pathway for them? Yeah, it's, it's really hard because I've seen everyone's an individual and so it's, it's really hard to kind of pitch at any one level. I think if even if you're, you know, now leaving a sixth form or college and you're looking into it, you know, be reassured that there's a few factors that make it a great option. So um, employability is an all time high for paramedics. So I think a lot of people, um, and this is a good point for research, actually, a lot of people associate paramedics with an ambulance service, where more and more now we're seeing obviously paramedics in GP surgeries, in hospitals. Um, I've got colleagues who have moved into palliative care teams. Obviously, you know, most people know about the air ambulance, but also the private sector as well, events. Uh, you know, we've got paramedics who cover things like Glastonbury, um, sports events, and so all these different things that being a paramedic is more than necessarily going to the ambulance service so i think if you come with an open mind actually 
even if you weren't, you weren't sold on the idea of working for an emergency service like the ambulance service, there's always employability for paramedics. And, and we're seeing that with the uh, recent NHS work form, uh, workforce kind of plan that they want more and more paramedics like for the next five to 10 years. And so employability is only going to increase. So I think, you know, as a student, when you're looking at your future and these are big decisions. I mean, when I, when I was 18, I, I went into sports science, but, and so, these are big decisions to make, but it's not necessarily a wrong decision. Even if you got into it and said, actually, I don't think I want to work in the underservice, the role is so diverse now, you could move into whatever role you wanted to. It's changing all the time as well. Um, in terms of kind of, the, like you referred to, the role can be difficult. Um, one thing I just want to kind of reassure people is that the support is in place for, for that as well. So um, students at the UEA are actually really lucky. So if you were working for the ambulance service, so in this region, the East of England ambulance service, you would get access to their welfare services. Um, but as a UEA student, you get access to the UEA services as well as the East of England. So you actually get kind of a, a double support network in, in such, because you can access things like referrals from the ambulance service but we obviously also have an advisor model here we have all our great well-being services within the UEA so you, you kind of got this this great kind of um, infrastructure supporting you the whole time for your degree if you need it um, which obviously some students don't need it absolutely fine but some students you know rely on that and actually it they need to know it's there to fall back on when they need it so um, no, it's no secret that being a paramedic it can be hard, but I think one thing we've done here at UVA especially is we've put in for the infrastructure that no one ever has to go through these hard moments alone. So I you know, just want to reassure people about that because I think there is definitely a perception externally that obviously one of the questions I always get asked, for example, is what's the worst thing you've ever seen? Well, actually, like, you know, you see a lot of quite um, great, you know, great scenes and then some more distressing, but actually it's, it's how we handle that and we can teach students to, to build up their resilience uh, through the support as well great thank you so much simon it's been so fantastic to have you on i think your answer has been super comprehensive loads of amazing content in there for our listeners so thank you so much that brings me to the end of my questions it's been great to be joined by simon and thank you for making time for us on the show today that's okay. Well, thank you for having me. I've, I've really enjoyed it and I hope uh, people have found it useful. Um, and yeah, if there's anything like to follow up on, just let me know and I'm, I'm happy to give any information you need. Brilliant. And thank you so much to our listeners, as always, for tuning in this week. That's it for this month's episode of Nurturing Bright Futures. We would absolutely love to hear from you. To book a visit, make a suggestion or ask us a question. Drop us a line at schools at uea.ac.uk. Thanks for joining us.